Gentlemen, you realize what we've found. Who knows what waits for us in nature's no man's land? Those hands and those eyes! You've got to do something about it! You've got Baffling questions, astounding questions. Earthly or unearthly? Is it human or inhuman? reality will rehabilitate your mind and eventually your body what is your name who's joe he was a lawnmower man till my next door neighbor did some experiments with him and turned him into a genius i am god here welcome to my world peter i found the secret to immortality in the chiron chip the future is now Welcome to another episode of It Came From The Bottom, once again brought to you by Head Games Entertainment, your ultimate source for digital series, podcasts, and more. Once again, I am Jack. I'm Zip. I'm Adina. And this week, we have a sequel <laughs> to a movie uh, that came out in the 90s called The Lawnmower Man. This one's called The Lawnmower Man 2 Beyond Cyberspace. Came out in 1996. Mm-hmm. So I guess the obvious question to start out with is, who here has actually seen the first one? Me. Me too. Adina, you have not seen this one before? Nope. Did you know anything about it whatsoever before seeing this movie? The only thing I knew about Lawnmower Man, the original, was Jeffy and Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Yep. And the Pierce Brosnan was because of you guys. Yeah. And the Jeffy. <laughs> you love Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> yeah, we love Pierce Brosnan. You, and you love Jeff Fahey. I do love Jeff Fahey, as a matter of fact. Yes. I do. I love Jeff Fahey. So uh, imagine my disappointment. <laughs> When there's no sign of Jeff Fahey or Pierce Brosnan in Lawnmower Man 2, and I hate you both. Um, <laughs> I don't, actually. This movie didn't piss me off. Um, it was just dumb. So, anyway. Yeah. yeah. This one was weak. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, we'll quickly discuss the first one. So, Zip, I mean, your thoughts and feelings on the first movie, having seen it? Uh, I mean, I have not seen it since it came out. So, not, it was, was 93... I think yeah, somewhere in roughly. there, because um, I actually saw it at the uh, I saw it at the movie theater because 
it uh, is based on a Stephen King short story. <laughs> based. <laughs> Incredibly loosely based on a Stephen King short story because the Stephen King short story is three pages long. Oh, Lord. It is It is one of his shortest stories. Oh and there's no sci-fi elements to it either, are there? The, uh, there is. I, okay. The, the, well, the, in the story, it's just the the lawnmower man is just this guy who is looked down upon because he's not the sharpest tool, tool in the shed. shed. And, uh, and uh, this guy who is just constantly, like, bossing him around and is really mean to him. Um, the the lawnmower man uh, has telekinetic powers and makes the lawnmower actually like chase after the guy and mow him down literally, and that's it. That's the entire story. That is the story of the lawnmower man written by Stephen King. Whereas the movie is basically Flowers for Algernon, but with more murder. Uh, with more murder and um, the the process he's using to try to help make uh, the lawnmower man smarter is virtual reality. Gotcha. Because that was, you know, that was a thing. A thing. In 93 or whatever. Okay. Yeah. That was when they were trying to make a push of virtual reality technology, and that's going to be the big thing. Um, so they used it in this movie. Uh, as, But, yeah, like I said, it, it's it's basically the story of Flowers for Algernon. It's just the, the lawnmower man is the, the town idiot and um there are people who are mean to him and yes they do recreate that scene in the movie but the main thrust of the story is pierce brosnan's character is a scientist who works with virtual reality and he's devised this program that he thinks will help the character job who is the lawnmower man uh that will help make him more intelligent and so that way he can be normal because that's all he wants is to be normal and not be looked down upon, you know, by everyone. But then hijinks ensue? The, he becomes too smart. Gotcha. Um, and he becomes so smart that he unlocks telekinetic powers, which is how they explain that in the movie. Oh, okay. And then eventually he realizes that all of the power that he needs resides in the computer program itself. So he transfers his consciousness into the computer and tries to take over from there. Gotcha. Okay. So well, that understood. being said, in regards to the sequel, what do you have the IMDb description for this one? I do. Job is res, uh, resuscitated by Jonathan Walker. He wants Job to create a special computer chip that would connect all the computers in the world into one network which Walker would control and use. But what Walker doesn't realize is a group of teenage hackers are onto him and out to stop his plan. That's not true. That's not really what happens. That's not what happens. Well, let's, let's go ahead and unpack this bitch then. Whee! So we open actually on the ending of the first movie. So that CGI clusterfuck that you saw was actually from the ending of the movie in which Job... Now the cyber god form is locked mm. away. He's been locked out by Pierce Brosnan's character, and he's basically searching for a way out to to act, basically to the internet. I guess he's trying to escape too. It's been a while since I've seen it too. Yeah, that's the the. I mean, because this was really the the beginning stages of the 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 World Wide Web as we know it. Right, and they do talk about um, the internet in this movie. So yeah, right. So the idea is that they've got him contained in the computer, and and they're trying. Trying to shut down the system so he can't escape, 
and thus deleting him. And at the very last second, finds a portal and makes it out of the computer into the network. Telephones. They don't really, yeah. Because um, the movie ends with like phones across the nation ringing, and then you hear Job laugh. Exactly. So the idea is that he escaped and he's made it into our like infrastructure. Okay. But they don't reference that at all. No, they, they skip it completely for the purposes right. of this movie. So, and that, this is when, I mean, at the beginning I had to rewind because I was so confused because I didn't mm-hmm. know what was going on. So then I just, it, I deduced mm-hmm. that he got himself out of wherever he was yes. virtually right. into his real body, but then his body was destroy well i mean he lost his legs in a in the use of his arm after this explosion right that's how they tried to tailor it to matt Frewer. to work for the purposes of this movie okay. but that is not what happened in the original he movie. Didn't right. have a, the, right. at the yeah the end of the original movie you're led to believe he there is no body there is no longer right. a it's body it's just job it's just his consciousness out there, out there in, in, the in the system yeah Okay. Yeah, they took so, some liberties. Well, yeah. Just a few. So, <laughs> okay. So, but I did understand what happened where his consciousness Correct. got back in his body, but his body was blown up. And then Jonathan Walker got him and hooked him up so he could sort of be back in the system since Correct, his body didn't work. he's the only one who can actually control it from within. Okay. Like the last movie, they start out in present day and we meet this gentleman named Trace who is losing his patent on something called the Chiron chip. Mm-hmm. He's losing it because what his backers, he didn't have the money to pay them or something. Yeah. It never really explains it very well. And it's well. in black and it's, white. Yeah. It's Which not was confusing. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> it was a black and white court scene. But and yeah. as you said, Joe's body is found. Uh, he's had his legs amputated and he's been quote unquote uh, reconstructed in the face. Hello, RoboCop. That's exactly what I thought of. RoboCop. And we see Matt Frewer, basically, for the first time. Yeah, because right. he's and, and that's the facial reconstruction is is how they get away with it not with being Matt, the same actor. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. And we, we cut to Job remembering this boy that he knew from the last movie. Same mm-hmm. actor, Peter. Who's the only one who returned. He's the only actor from the original movie, yes. And we see this POV camera shot, very similar to RoboCop, with him like handing him like a it's like a cake it's or something. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and a cake, right? Now, were those scenes from the original? No, 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 because it was his voice. It was Frewer's voice. He sounds more like a TV sitcom dad from the '90s than the mentally handicapped Job that we meet in the first movie. Yeah. Okay. Which okay. was weird. Well, yeah, it was, it was. The first of many weird choices that this actor makes. Yeah, so we, then we meet Johnny Walker, who enters <laughs> and tells him, and more importantly us, that they have the Chiron patent and that they need Job's help to perfect it. And uh, they VR, they virtual reality his legs back. They put him in that little spinny thing. Because that little spinny thing that you saw, Adina, yeah. was how they actually got into the virtual reality world in the first movie. Right. But this time, in this movie, they just have their own unique way of doing it because. Well, and it looks like it exploded. Like something went wrong. It did look that way, yeah. And right? I, 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 I don't know sparks. exactly what the, the, the intent of that was. If it was Job is still more powerful than he's letting on to them or whatever. Well, it's but so this unclear. is this is when I wrote, what's the Chiron chip? Who's Jonathan Walker? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> That's what I wrote. 
Oh, pretty oh much. God. I mean, we saw the first one, and I still feel the same way about okay. this one. You could have any point in this movie, and yeah, you could still... Yeah, I'm like, what the... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Now, we cut to the future in Los right. Angeles, which... Okay, pause. One, Blade Runner. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, two, yes. this is the future. P- Peter is in this movie. This character is in this movie. He's maybe, like, what, 14, 15 years old when this takes place? Yeah. So... In, let's say, roughly six years. Let's just be generous and say he was, you know, nine in the last movie. Mm-hmm. Six years, and this is now a Blade Runner-esque future. Right. Oh, yeah. And then there are cars what? from the 50s all over this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And yeah. just mm-hmm. sort of jacked up Citroën and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, what are, what are you showing me here? <laughs> it's like I, Batman the Animated it's the, Right? It's, it's the 50s, and a 50s version of the sci-fi future. <laughs> In France. In France. <laughs> it's sci-fi Gotham, basically. Yes. And speaking of, we meet Peter, who enters in, because it's a 90s movie, he enters in on rollerblades, and oh he, mm-hmm. he joins these urchin friends of his in this subway car that they have. Can I, can I just say, yeah. one of the things this movie got right, mm-hmm. there were people of color, and one of the leads was a black girl. Yes. So... Props, True. props to this movie. Yeah. Okay, so her brother and she black. Thank you. Okay. So Peter's excited and his friends are excited because they've stolen the access codes on this little disc, so that the kids and their stupid ass dog can go to this virtual reality world and do whatever the fuck they want. Don't you disparage the dog? <laughs> don't you dare disparage? Oh, I'm sorry. Harvey. No, it's not a stupid don't, ass dog. It's a very smart dog. You can almost really say it's an unrealistically smart dog. Indeed. And the we'll dog's name to. is Harvey. Okay, so don't disparage the dog I because knew you'd the dog the was I knew you'd almost the, dog's name. the dog was almost my hobo in a barn, y'all. <laughs> okay. Has there ever been a pet hobo in a barn yet? <laughs> there has not been an animal hobo in a barn but this might have been the first one well they they put these little glasses on these like little goggles that turn them that basically take them to a virtual reality world Mm -hmm. again this is so 90s it's hurting me a little bit (laughs) we get some bad blue screen and wire effects of them flying over the jungle with like a weak fan like pushing them back and making it look like they're actually moving and this is the the first big uh uh well the main um, difference from how they did it, uh, the virtual reality world in the first movie. Because in the first movie, anytime that he went into, like Job went into the VR world, it was completely computerized. Oh, okay. It looked All like a screensaver. The, like Tron? <clears throat> so that's what yeah. that little clip at the yeah. beginning, when you see him furiously trying to find a way out yeah. of the virtual world, right. that was him. They had scanned him and digitized him into a computerized version, okay. uh, sort of like an avatar of him. So they scanned his face. But it was like old-school Sims right. from the, the mid-'90s right. uh, kind of thing, where you take a photo, and then it makes a texture out of that and maps it to the face oh, of right. the character. Which I always found so really So then it creepy. makes your face yeah, look yeah. really weird, yeah. and it, it doesn't look like you at all. Always creepy. That's out. what it was. Okay. That's exactly what they, they did in the original movie. In this movie, the virtual world was was computerized, but then they blue-screened the actual humans over that. Okay, got it. So, yeah. So then... So that was a huge difference from the original movie. Okay, So, got bad it. news, their flight is interrupted when something goes wrong. It doesn't really actually make it clear, and the kids crash in the jungle. 
They're being followed by somebody or something. Or, yes, or someone's trying to shoot them down. Yeah, it was very I don't know strange. What it was. Is it like yeah. part of a game? Yeah, it's never clear And about I didn't that. understand no. how they could talk to Harvey through the screens. Yeah. That didn't make any sense because when you're in virtual reality, you other people can't see what you're seeing no. while you're seeing it. Unless you're in the same simulation. Unless, like, one of the kids is actually talking, but we don't get that clear. that We see him through a screen. Right, but Harvey is watching these screens. The, the dog. Is, let's right. remind yeah, you that. This, this is a dog. And then they can talk straight to Harvey. Yeah. It, it did Like, so the mythology of this movie... Well, but they it, do that multiple times throughout the movie, remember? Right, I know. And that's why yeah. I was like, but this isn't... Then that's not really VR. It's something else. And it didn't make sense to me. It's almost like the movie's bullshit or something. But- <laughs> Weird. Yeah. And they... Let, let's set this right. up, though. Because, okay. yeah, they crash in the yeah. jungle and they're like, hey, uh, quick, we need the the cycle, the light cycles Cyber from Tron. Cyber cycles, Sorry, Cyber excuse me. Cycles. Cyber cycles. And they tell the yeah. dog to, the, the, to, the to program. The Tron light cycles. They tell the dog to program Cyber Cycles into their game. Just puts the dicks, disc in. Excuse me. <laughs> I know. What. Freudian slip. I'm sorry. But, you know, because then I thought we were in Benji. Okay, because robot dog. So, uh, yeah, I was like, so wait, is this movie about a robot dog? Or So this was another thing where I had, I didn't know what kind of movie this was. Because this dog all of a sudden used its paw and understood what was going on. Yeah, grabbed the disc in and, its and, mouth, and slid it into, slid the, it into disc the disc drive, and then used its paw to push the disc in. Right. And as soon as they get the cycles, they start getting away from these like guys dressed in black who are on these black cycles. And one of the kids even says, uh, no... No one jacks out until we find out who's doing this because apparently someone's screwing with them. Someone's hunting them. And so they have these evil cyclists now chasing after them. Peter gets separated from the group where he runs into Job, who he somehow recognizes even though we're told explicitly that his face has been reconstructed. Right. So he's like, Job? He looks just like you except for the face and the lack of hair. (laughs) Yeah. And he tells him that he's dying. And he tells them that he has to find a guy named Ben Trace and get info on Egypt and look for the Chiron ship. That's what he has to go by, and then he just fucks off. And then, the, <laughs> and then they just leave. Like the kids just like take their like little glasses things off. So we go back over to what's the name of the actual corporation that Johnny Walker works for? Virtual Light Virtu- Institute. Okay. Yep. So we go back to this place and we meet these two doctors that work there. Well, sorry, I say one doctor because we're introduced to Dr. Corey Plant and then someone who's just simply known as Jennifer. Jennifer. Yeah. <laughs> who I have no idea who this woman is, what her purpose was. I know nothing about her. Nothing. Any any theories? Well, I think she was Walker's assistant. Wal- well, Walker's really. assistant slash henchman. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. 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 And they're they're meeting with the senator who I love to because he's smoking like an actual pipe while yes. they're walking down the hallway. And yeah, that, the senator has guy, an actual pipe in his. And mouth. that guy's still working. Is he? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that guy's in everything. Good for him. He was not my whole yep. owner barn. I was going to say I was about to ask. Yeah, Senator Greenspan. Uh, and so Doctor Walker, he wa- he wants to take over cyberspace. Basically, that's his ultimate plan, as we find out. But it's through this because they keep mentioning this Chiron ship and. Even after watching this movie twice in preparation for this review, I have to ask, what is the Chiron ship? What does it actually do? Not a I, clue. Yeah. It's, it's just the MacGuffin throughout the movie, but it's right. so undefined. Yeah, that this chip, which isn't even an actual chip. It's like a little pyramid. Right. 
thing it's that has glowing thing that has like what looks like microchips on the side of it, but right. that's really all it is. It's yeah. just like a little glass yeah pyramid it's with microchips glued to the side. Yeah, and we because it doesn't to... actually hook into anything. There's just a beam of light shining on it, as if that's supposed right. to. That's the security uh, because that's how computers work. It's yeah. like Vegas. It's the it's the Luxor. It's the pyramid of Vegas. Yeah, that's like. what it looked like. Yeah. yeah. And then we cut to a quick scene of Job playing paddle ball for some stupid reason. That's what he does in his spare time, I guess, because he doesn't have any stupid legs. <laughs> yeah, it's his one good arm. That's all he does. Dude, I, I miss that completely. So Really? Because he does it like three times. Uh, yeah, totally miss times. it. Yeah. yeah. So we cut to the desert because Peter's following uh, Job's instructions to find this guy named Trace. And then Trace shows up and he's apparently played by Tommy Wiseau. Like... <laughs> Did he did he look oh, like him to you guys when he Bergen. first shows up? No. He's got the long, yeah. stringy, black hair. He's like, oh, hi, Peter. I mean, like, he, <laughs> no, he did not. No. He, he totally he did. did not. No, he did not. No. He looked like Tommy Wiseau to me. Because that guy's still working, too. We like Patrick Well, Bergen. Tommy Wiseau sure as hell isn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Trace, he, he, so he's he's not he's like I'm a pacifist now. I'm not into virtual reality. I'm here with nature and my bird friends, and, mm-hmm. and like Trace. But then we find out has a computer in his cabin. Yeah, yes. no, it's, yeah. A, it's his hidden vice. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's like all Native American shit. Yeah, it's yeah. so weird. But he just shirks that off like it's at the drop of a hat. Weird. It's so weird because what what sways him over is that he replays the VR recording, which I don't know how he got this. Right? Because he saw Job show up again, and I guess that that's because he's like, okay, which is which is actually just replaying the scenes of the movie that we just saw, as exactly. we saw. Yeah, not through hit, not not right. not through a special like Peter's POV or no. anything. Not from his point of view, but oh, no, it's it, they just replay the same clip that we saw. So dumb. And so he's interested in the Chiron ship now because he now learns that uh, lightweight, whatever the fuck they're called, is they have the patent for it, and they've now apparently created something like it, and now. Job is trying to find out information on Egypt, which, which is apparently the the last way to like to to harness the full potential of the Chiron ship. Sure. They're never clear on that. What, what Egypt no actually idea. is? Yes. I, I just heard him say something about a dam. <laughs> Absolutely, Jack. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's something all. Something about heard. a dam. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so Job needs information on, on Egypt. Egypt, I guess, is just code for something. And even still, having seen the movie twice, I have no idea what it's supposed to represent. But regardless, Trace joins Peter and the urchins at the subway. One kid is getting high because we see him holding a little pipe in his hand. We see him like hitting like a piece. Then the entire time, Trace is making weird comments like, I love your ventilation system. <laughs> And the kids are completely, like, blowing this off. I don't know. So the kids return to the VR where Job is now apparently recast as Jim Carrey. I wrote that down. It was a cross between Max Headroom, because this came after Max Headroom, and Jim Carrey. That's it. Yeah, there's no way to escape the Max Headroom comparison because it's – I don't know if you ever saw – I mean, there – now, it was – there was the the talk show – Max Headroom, mm-hmm. which is what, you know, where they tied into the commercials. Yes. Was it, I can't remember which commercial or which product it was. Oh, yeah, I don't remember either. Became, so was it Pepsi or something it was, like that? I think it was a drink. It was, yeah. it was a soda. Um, that's what really blew up. But there was an actual movie about Max Headroom, like the origins of Max Headroom that was made. Did you ever, no. did you even know that? No. Yes. I've seen that movie. 
and it is god awful and <laughs> this movie felt like I like is this the same crew and director oh, and wow. screenwriter and cinematographer because it felt exactly like that Max Headroom movie. Wow. Which was so bad and that this movie reminded me of it. Yeah. So that's that's what we get to watch. Basically. And then he ends up staring directly into the screens like when he's in the VR world and people right. Of like the of Trace and and all these other people who go go in to talk to him through the screen, he looks directly at the TV or at the camera the right. entire time, and I'm like, this is just like Max Headroom. Yeah. Yep. Why would you do that? <laughs> and it's here that he shows Trace the world that he's building, this terrible CGI world, and uh, and. Trace refuses to tell him about Egypt despite his pleas and it pisses off Job. And so Job then uses his abilities to hijack another train and send it towards the station with the part of the station where they are at, which is apparently a discontinued line. Right. Right. Yeah. That's where the kids have their underground layer. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's funny cause it's, because we have this like toggle moment, like it's supposed to be like a tense scene. We just have this moment where Trace hacks into the system himself, and you just see like the two of them fighting, like like little brothers, like over like switching the to the train uh, path, whatever you call that when it changes directions, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. It's like this and is supposed Trace to be our highest. Wins. Yeah, and that. But here's the thing: that train crashes and kills the guy in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kills the guy There's, driving it. The entire uh, subway gets blown up because you see yeah. like the flames erupting from the manholes up on the surface level. This but, movie. Be, but meanwhile, you you get Job the entire time saying weird shit like the game is afoot, the caboose is loose. It's like with that the whole Peter picked a peck of pickle. What the fuck he said earlier in the At movie? The, yeah, pumpkin. Peter, 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 Peter. So here's the thing too. At this point, I was like, why is Job such a dick? So we never get an explanation. Well, you, you you have to have seen the first movie right. because yeah. that, because just like in the movie adaptation of Flowers for Algernon, Charlie, yeah. the same thing happens in that movie. Right. It's the more intelligent he becomes, the more he realizes he's better than everyone else and becomes a complete asshole to everyone he meets, right. including people who were there to support him from the and beginning when he him. wasn't right. smart. Exactly. So that so that's it's just a carryover from that. Yeah. But well, it's just dumb. It, out of context, it makes no sense right. in this movie. Yeah. So the kids escape the exploding subway in time. Hooray. And they now must get to the chip before Job can figure out what Egypt is. That's their game plan. Because, again, he that's too much power for him to harness, even though we are never actually told, again, what the Chiron chip is actually capable of doing. So they track Job to Datatronic... That's apparently what the location is called via some bullshit hacking scene where they find this algorithm within his code, but then they turn it into like a little video game where the guy like presses like a little button on the screen. It's, it's, you gotta see it. It's really fucking stupid. Yes. Mm-hmm. But Jade, uh, hacks it successfully. Yes. So that's, that's a good thing. Female mm-hmm. hacker for the win. Yeah. Again, yeah. this is the nineties. Hacking is the cool thing. It is. That and rollerblading. <laughs> Job then realizes that that senator they were talking to earlier, he is planning to shut down their request for more money, for more funding, for backing. And so he decides to blow up the plane. So he hijacks this modern airplane, by the way. This isn't futuristic whatsoever. It's like a regular DC-8. And he just takes over, puts it on autopilot, and has it crash straight into the ground. Blows it up. Yeah, kills a bunch of people. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he Which, also, how is that even possible? 
I have no idea. Uh, it, 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 no, this is not science. <laughs> the, Movie science. That is not how science <laughs> he, works. He, he, that is not how any of this works. He hacked into the airplane's computer and crashed it. And, and then there's a, <laughs> their computers are not that kind of computer. I'm just saying that's not in that's, 95. That's what, that's what the movie, movie said. Was that's what the movie said, Zip. That's and what the movie there's said. There's this other scientist named Guillermo, and he's like the scientist working at this uh, at this place, and he catches wind of this, I guess, and so he tries to find out more information on Job, and then Job catches him and then kills him through VR. Why was that even in the movie, except if not for padding? I, well, and also just to see how ruthless Job is. I guess, but we've—I mean, he was already killed probably at least a good dozen people. Yeah, a dozen people. That plane yeah, was that full. Plane had oh, the senator than, was yeah. not the only person on the airplane. Yeah. True, true. It was completely okay, so full. He's killed That's, several dozen people. He's, yes, he's killed hundreds of people. Yeah. yeah. Then Trace then reconnects with Corey, who is apparently an old flame of his. Corey Plant, that one doctor from earlier. He, she was his student. Yeah. Kind of fucked up, right? I mean, she's not having it at first, so she's like, fuck you, dude. I don't want to do anything with you. And she's refusing to help him because she works for this company. So while they're talking, the kids sneak a tracker onto her car and she drives off. So then Corey, on her own, learns that Job is to be going online the very next day. She's in some, I don't know, some guy named Arthur who looks like Polly Shore but is a way better, way better actor than Polly Shore. His name is Arthur and he's at the computer and he's like, well, you know, we're all getting set to, you know, put him up online. And Jennifer's there, y'all. So it's Jennifer and Corey and Arthur. And Arthur's like, all this memory is being used up. And uh, Corey's like, well, that's impossible. And Arthur's like, yes, I know. <laughs> that's what I'm telling you. And so everything Arthur says is like, yeah, bitch, you're an idiot. I'm trying to tell you what's happening here. And so for the 10 seconds Arthur is on, he's my home on a barn because he just lays it all on the line. I mean, he's basically telling the crux of the plot of everything right there. Jennifer's like, hey, Arthur, you just keep doing your shit. And Corey's like, hell no. And then she follows Johnny Walker into the bathroom. (laughs) This guy is basically every IT person that's had to spend their entire day talking to idiots. And what frustrated me about that particular scene was that, you know, Jennifer's in the scene and Corey says to her at one point, what exactly is your job? Yes, yes, yes. And I'm like, no, no, please answer that. But she doesn't. Tell us, what is your job? Yeah. What are you here for? What do you do? What are you here for other than to be one of the replicants from Blade Runner? Right, exactly. <laughs> right. Because that's what she, that's she has what she the same is. goddamn yep. haircut and everything. Yes, yes. Just blonde uh, or, or almost bleached white, yes. actually. Yeah. The same look, but she never says anything. Not really. Uh, I mean, l- later on she does. Yes. But. She doesn't. We have yeah. no idea what we her purpose is. We have no idea is. what her purpose is. And, and Adina, because when she's first introduced to the senator, the, Johnny Walker just says, "And this is Jennifer." Exactly. He's <laughs> yeah. like, "This is this is Doctor Corey, Doctor Corey Platt, and, and Jennifer." Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's her job. There it is. <laughs> As you said, Adina. Corey follows Johnny Walker into the bathroom because she finds out that Job is about to go online the next day. Right. And she starts chastising him about it while he's pissing. And you don't actually hear him pissing, so it's weird. Yeah. So bad sound editing on that one. Yep. And then he just, like, turns when he's done before zipping up and just, like, talks to her face to face, even though he's still hanging out. 
I mean, you don't see it, but we know it because she, in a second yeah. you see him like reach because down and when tuck he it back starts peeing, you, we get a reaction shot of her like looking down and then quickly looking away. Yeah. And then as he's turning and as he's turned and is facing her just straight up, she's like her eyes are way <laughs> up at the ceiling. Like I'm not looking. <laughs> it's really awkward. Virtual light. By the way, it looks like – so we, we see throughout this building, we see the virtual light logo across all the TV monitors and whatnot. And I had to comment on this. It looks like a cheap PowerPoint banner. Yeah. <laughs> the mm-hmm. way it's designed. It totally did. We learned through all this because, again, we see these prominently when Corey is going into the computers trying to find out more information on Job. And we find out when she uses her clearance that Walker has erased all of Job's files. So that's where she starts getting more suspicious about everything. Again, with him going online the next day, that, etc. Corey then is driving, and she then hits one of the kids with her car. And Trace uses that opportunity to sneak in the car. Yep. Because he's with them. So he sneaks in the car, and he's like, hey, babe, let's talk. Okay. So then Trace and the kids then break into virtual light. And they need to get the... I, I wrote Kyber crystal in here. Whoops, <laughs> uh, Chiron chip. Mm-hmm. They need to. They need to get this thing, and it has like that stupid little green light shining on it. Right. And the only way to get this thing separated is to keep something on it that is under it's zero sensitive to anything above zero degrees centigrade. Correct. They use an ice cube. They go into a dude's <laughs> office. They, they reach into his ice bucket and they take one single ice cube out and just hold it over the light and then, like Indiana Jones style, just pull the carefully pull this Chiron chip out of the place. And of course, the ice cube melts in about ten seconds, mm-hmm. which begs the question: Why not just grab the entire fucking bucket and just put it under there? Right. Fuck this movie. But, you know, I'm not a doctor. Okay. So, so yeah. So, they take the Chiron chip so, and the alarms go off. Yeah, obviously. And, th- and then they have to fight a bunch of security to escape. And this whole scene is bonkers because <laughs> <laughs> you see Trace, like, wrestling with these guys, like, in really awkward angle. Apparently, he can fight pretty well. He can hold his own against trained security guards. So, mm-hmm. points this guy for being a computer developer and, I guess, a hacker <laughs> to some extent. And... What happens in this scene? So Peter dismantles a guard with like cocaine at one point, <laughs> and then yeah, you just like see him like tossing like a some, handful. Just uh, yeah, there was something was. on a cart in the hallway, yeah. and he just picks it up and throws it, and it's some white powdery substance. Okay, I have anthrax. No idea what it was. I don't know. <laughs> Did you yeah. say anthrax? That's it. <laughs> I mean, come on. Oh, this movie. And then, and then uh, Trace takes out like, a television from the wall and then smashes it through a guy's head. Well, and what's funny is because the, you knew that was happening. You know why that was going to happen? Why? Because earlier, Dr. Platt said, watch your head. Those monitors will kill you. When we first go into Virtual Light Institute, she says that, taking Dr. Senator Greenspan on the tour. Yeah, so foreshadowing. Thank you. <laughs> nice, nice setup. That's movie. like Chekhov's gun right there. Thanks. Oh, right. Okay. Chekhov's television. And then, then they escape on like a slide. And I, I got frustrated during this part because you keep cutting them like going down the slide and you cut back to Peter and he's like going, yeah, woo, <laughs> wee. It's like, okay, dude, Peter, now is not the time. This isn't the Goonies. Well, <laughs> and I think that's what they wanted it to be a little bit. Goonies. And then what do they end up in? Where, a shitty where movie? The... No, they're already in that. <laughs> yeah. where, where does the slide lead to? Like a garbage. It's, the gar- it's a garbage It's shoot. like Star uh, Wars, yeah. y'all. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, and I was expecting the walls to close in on them, but yeah. they didn't. 
and then we get one scene like where like Job is like talking with some of the security guards after they've escaped, and like one of the guards like looks it under his foot and he sees like his shoe and like he touches it and then he, like he sniffs it, and then Job was like, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> Guys, like I got some dirt on my shoe, and Job's like, "Get that dirt, you idiot! Bring it to me." So we can analyze it to find out where they came from, where they are. What? Stupid. Really? Okay. So they rendezvous back at Trace's desert house teepee thing. And the kids are playing outside while Trace and Corey are actually inside doing uh, important things, like studying this chip. Right. And then we cut back to, to Johnny Walker, who has apparently the real chip. And this made me laugh, this scene, because he reveals that he has the real chip because he goes over to this like little antique statue thing and he pops up over the mouth. But the way it pops open, it looks like you can just tell it's cheap plastic instead of actual stone. Yeah. <laughs> so he's got the hilarious. real Chiron chip and they go into VR. Yep. And Walker's never seen it. No one he's has. never seen it. To me, that's the weirdest thing. Like, here's this guy who's developing all this stuff, all this VR stuff, and he's never done it. Right. So, yeah. So, they go in for a tour. There's a lot of people in this place. Like, apparently the president is in this place at one point. It's a large gathering for the release of Job and the chip. And the interface is finalized, and it's complete with – so, the interface is in, like, the city itself. Right. So we, we see this, a big sweeping, like, wide shot, and we hear, like, a Star Wars laser blast sound effect at one point during that transition. Did anybody else catch that? No, I heard. You I mean, there were there were other sound effects that were ripped from other movies that I heard. Yeah. I didn't notice that one. It's though. all throughout this movie. Some, there's no original sound effect in this one. So Johnny Walker and then Jennifer then depart for a sweet, sweaty victory fuck somewhere <laughs> because she, like, gives him the eyes, and he's like, all right, let's go. Oh, yeah. And then they, they, they just disappear, but the next time you see which is only a couple seconds later. So when Corey contacts him via video screen to warn him about Joe because they suspect that he's basically going to be abusing the the chip for his own power. But you cut to him. And I love the scene. You cut to him and Walker's just like right mugging the camera, eating chicken wings. We can only assume he's getting blown while this is happening because again, this is right after the transition mm-hmm. away from the uh, last directly scene. after. Right. So the guys get eating chicken wings while getting a blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's, the life, isn't it? Uh, apparently. <laughs> uh, which is from uh, the original Police Academy, by the way. Yeah, don't you remember they, they get the hooker to hide under the podium when uh, Lassard comes up to give the speech? Oh, give the speech, oh, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And she was eating chicken wings, yeah. yeah. God, this movie can't do anything original. Nope. nope. <laughs> when, you, when you're ripping off a Police Academy, you know you're scraping at the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> Job then hacks a chopper and uses it to basically fly into Trace's house. And question, okay, so from this point on throughout this movie, we see Job typing things into his little computer that he has and also talking to it. Correct. Why? I don't know. Because he's literally typing while saying computer access interface of helicopter. While typing, it makes absolutely no sense. It's like, it's not like we can't figure out, like, if he just types in something, we just cut to the chopper, suddenly changing direction and heading towards their house. It's really fucked up. Job then uses his power to cancel all credit cards. He Right. Well, opens- just, just he, he misses the kids and Trace, by the way. So cause yes, they, they hear escape. the helicopter coming, but he kills the helicopter pilot. Oh, yeah. So he crashes the helicopter into the house, but everybody escapes. So, yes. And then. Yeah. Yeah. 
And he uses his power now to cancel all credit cards. He opens the ATM so they just spill out cash. He sits off fire hydrants. And immediately after this, we have like the kids and Corey and Trace in this car. They're driving down the streets and it's like sort of pandemonium, but it's playing like music like some real shit has gone down. But it's only just happened. It's not been quick enough for the actual reality of this to have set in. And so the music choice here was shitty. And he, during all of this, he's he's talking – through the VR, where I guess we're supposed to assume everyone can hear him. Yeah, he's on the screen. Every- he's on the TV screen. Okay. All right. So then he basically – so he talks about there will be no more authority. There will be no one to oppress you. Follow mm. Job. What? Yeah, Jack yeah. N. What? So, so follow me. I'll make sure you're not free. You're, I'll make sure you're free and unoppressed, but you got to follow me to do it. Right. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you. That's all. Just well, <laughs> don't make no sense. Because it it treats it like it's a big surprise that he suddenly has this god complex. But anyone who's seen the first movie already knows this. That's exactly what happened. It, is he grew a god complex. It's, it's the exact same complex he had. So it's mm-hmm. it's there's no real growth to the character. There's no evolution. There's no development other than maybe just a step back to make us think that he was okay. But yeah. It didn't really convey that very well. Johnny Walker is then betrayed by Job because they start to suspect that he might be up to something. And then he and Jennifer are talking and it rips off 2001 A Space Odyssey's lip reading scene like Mm -hmm. note for note. And Job then takes from that, hey, guys, look, I'm on my own now. (laughs) And then he locks him out. Trace then hacks into – and the kids. They hack into Job's virtual reality and – he then faces Job in a sword fight because we've seen a couple times where Job uses a virtual reality sword to kill people when he's in the cyberspace. Right. Yeah. And so suddenly Peter just pulls out a sword out of his ass and throws it over to Trace. Okay. And we get one of the worst sword fights I've ever oh seen in God. a movie. Seriously. Yeah. It's, it's, it's terrible. It's, it's terrible. It's stilted. It's slow. It's awkward. It's clumsy. And at one point completely defies physics. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's let's set that up. Yeah, in the middle of this uh, sword fight, Trace is thrown off balance and falls off the side of the platform. But as he's falling, manages to reach up with the sword and the the hilt. No, the cross guard yeah. or the cross guard. The cross guard. Yeah. Uh, so you know, where he's got his, his so he's got his hand on the handle of the sword, and then you have the two little bars that stick out on the side that separate the handle from the blade itself. One of those little bars he manages to catch on the ledge of the platform, and he is now dangling. From the side of the platform, and the only thing holding him to the platform is the one little, you know, like this one-inch piece of metal sticking out from the side of the sword. That's a hell of a counterbalance. It's a hell of a counterbalance. (laughs) And then Job, like there's some more dialogue, and then Job reaches out with with his leg and stomps on the sword... In a way that flings Trace up into the air and then lands back on the platform, still with the sword in his hand. Yep. And it makes no it doesn't, goddamn it doesn't. sense <laughs> at all. No. Not even in virtual reality. No, well, they not don't. At Does all. this make sense? No. There's no establishment of that. Because, because they've they also said that if you die in virtual reality, you die for real. For real. So, yeah, so it makes no sense. 
Yeah, none. That was one of the most batshit nuts things I've seen in, oh, in any of our movies. I loved it. Uh, let's see. Um, so then Trayson smashes the Chiron ship, and Job then puts himself in the place of the beam where it is, and he's like, I'm the Chiron ship now. Ha ha. Yeah. That's not even half as hammy as he was. So he's using basically force power to like lift him up, and then he's like, you know, unlimited power. And then what's his fuck? Trace says, no, no, you're actually tapped. And so he is for some reason, which we're never, which we're never told. Because Egypt. Yeah. (laughs) Because Egypt. Because Egypt. He never solved Egypt. No, he never solved Egypt. And it was like, oh, now, oh, damn, I fell for it. And And so he explodes. Yeah. Cyber Job explodes and, the kids and Trace fly off with some shit-eating grins in their face. We see them fly, like literally fly away from the city. And now we cut back to the lab where Job is now regressing. Yes. So all the all the uh, the the development that he's gone through since his VR from the first movie have been going back. We're, we are told at least. But Johnny Walker isn't through yet because he picks up a gun and he holds Peter at gunpoint. And then he gets the shocker because he, like, bumps into, like, a, a, a coil or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Corey, Trace, the kids, they go outside to this terribly lit shot. And then the them just... stepping out onto, like, a balcony in the sunset. Right. And so, Heroic, and that... triumphant and music swells. Right. So then everything's going to be okay now? Pretty much. What? It, yeah. No, I'm with you. Uh, it, I have no idea. I mean, I because if so you watch Mr. Robot, when you completely debilitate... An economy, a global economy, which he did. Correct. Right? Because he he, he got rid of everybody's credit cards. He just made the ATMs flow money. So the mm-hmm. world is in fucking chaos. But now it's all going to be okay because everybody's out on the balcony and it's sunset and it's pretty. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> but just wait until Lawnmower Man 3. Right. Oh, God. <laughs> No. No, that's not no, happening. Thanks. No, that's never Yeah, happening. and that's the Unless end. Unless Sci-Fi Channel gets the rights. <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. Yeah, that's the end. So we'll, we'll go take a quick break and get back to you with some trivia. All right, we're back. All right. Can, can I just say one thing Fire about away. the end of this movie? Yes. Like, because I'll, I'll watch through credits and whatever. Did oh, yeah. You I, I was going to get to that. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. You go. So, go ahead. Say it. Well, no, I was just going to be part of the trivia, which oh, okay. I guess we're starting yeah. now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, is uh, I do too. Because uh, that's, I mean, how many times have we told you, Jack? Always watch through the entire credits. Fuck. Yeah, exactly. That's what we do. So, first of all, as the credits are rolling and this triumphant music is playing in the background, um, did you notice anything about that music? It sounded awfully familiar. Yeah. Like it was straight up ripped off from Jurassic Park. <gasps> da, 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 yes. da, da, da. Oh my God. Okay. Da, 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 Thank you. Da, da, yep. That's what it sounded like. Yep. That is exactly what it sounded like. They ju- they altered it just enough so it wasn't exactly the theme from Jurassic Park, but it was basically the same. <laughs> Jack's face right now. Yeah. Everybody. It was seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, and, and, which was hilarious to me because that was the biggest thing that, that was criticized about the, the first movie is that the first movie came out the same year as the first Jurassic Park. And their 
computer graphics that they used in Lawnmower Man, which was supposed to be, oh, this is high-tech, you know, cutting-edge computer graphics that we're using. And it was like two months later, uh, look at that fucking dinosaur. (laughs) That is cutting-edge computer graphics right there. So then they went and ripped off the Jurassic Park theme for their own theme for the sequel, which essentially had nothing to do with the first one anyway. Oh, no, it's completely inexcusable. So if that's not bad enough, normally when you watch through the credits of a movie, because the credits can be very long at the end and Mm -hmm. most people skip them uh, because of that. Most people. What happens is that once whatever the main theme is, when it finishes... There's still more credits to go. So that's usually when whatever cheesy pop song that they had to pay some artist to tie it in so they could sell some albums uh, kicks in. Yes. And then you have to listen to that cheese. And then sometimes there's even yet a third song after that because yes. the credits are way too long. Okay. So in this movie, <laughs> the, uh, the Jurassic Park ripoff uh, finally comes to its dramatic conclusion and then nothing else happens. There's silence. It goes dead silent for the rest of the entire credits, which is at least a good two minutes. That's because if you're still in the theater at this point of this movie, then you're a fucking asshole. And I'm going to beat the shit out of True. you. True, but you get. I've never yeah. heard that though. I've never I have, seen I have that. Never, I have never seen or heard that for movie credits ever. Wow. That the movie, the the song fades out, and then it's just silence yeah. for two minutes until two minutes. the credits just stop. So I had mentioned RoboCop earlier, not only one because Matt Frewer was being treated like RoboCop with Mm -hmm. the stuff, but one of the writers wrote RoboCop. One of the writers on this, Michael Miner, he wrote RoboCop. All of them, even the remake. So, but I love RoboCop. RoboCop is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. So there was that. Then I couldn't figure out why the hell I knew Austin O'Brien, who played Peter Parquet, the kid. Um, last action hero, uh, among a lot of other things. But he was that was the one thing that I was like, oh, that, was one of his bigger that ones. kid. Yeah. Um, Camille Cooper, who played Jennifer, she's the director of legislative affairs for the National Association to Protect Children. She's a badass lawyer-ish person. Mm-hmm. Who, who in 2008 helped pass some serious ass legislation that protects children. So I'm going to give some props to Miss Jennifer right oh, now. Awesome. <laughs> okay. I just remember her from Shocker. Because <laughs> I and loved then, that movie. And then, did you know that Molly Shannon was in this movie? Yeah, she was the homeless lady. <laughs> no One of the homeless idea. ladies that got transported to Job's yeah, VR. So, yeah, Molly Shannon yeah. was in it. And then, and then the only other thing that I wanted to say, and, and this goes to tone, this goes to what this movie didn't, it didn't really know what it wanted to be. I, I, I read that the director was locked out of the editing room by the producers because they wanted it to appeal more to the demographic they wanted to attract, which was everybody. Teenage boys. Yeah. So that would explain a lot. It yeah. doesn't excuse. It doesn't anything. excuse, but it does <laughs> doesn't, explain. doesn't explain it for me. The first yeah. one had boobs in it. That got teenage boys to watch it. Oh, it did. Yeah, this mm-hmm. one didn't. Oh, well, maybe they were trying for the Goonies thing. Mm. I don't know, mm. but yeah. So, and then Richard Fancy, who I had mentioned about Senator Greenspan, this guy still works 
all the time, and he's fantastic. So that's what I had. Um, and just now looking it up, I realized I was, in fact, correct. The guy that directed this movie directed the Max Headroom series. Mm-hmm. Yep, you the, are correct. No, the, the live action, not the talk show, not the comedy talk show version that we fell in love with here. Oh. This was like a Canadian production oh, no. where they did a live action TV where no. Matt Frewer, Matt Frewer was like an investigative reporter trying to uncover this company that controlled Max Headrooms, but he played Max Headroom as well. So no. it's, it's just, yeah, it was, that's why it felt so familiar. And right. that's why, that's because why. I've right seen there. that and it just, yeah. Anyway, yep. beyond that, all I got for budget, I have uh, 15 million. And the box it raked in about two point four million. Wow! So a bit of a bomb. Get that third, That said, let's move along to best line, worst line. I actually had a lot of best lines in this one. I actually had probably the most lines that I enjoyed the most of any movie we've covered <laughs> so far in the podcast. But if I had to pick one, it would be when Johnny Walker's talking to the president and he says, "Don your iPhones," because I was like, "All right." Okay. Way to be a little predictive there, 1996. Because yep. yep. the iPhones are supposed to be like the little goggles that they have. They call them iPhones. Yep. My best line was uh, from Job because this was, to me, like the one sincere moment in the entire movie that actually the only moment that connected the character of Job in this movie to the original movie's Job was this statement. Out there, people look at me and they see half a person. But in here, they see what I want them to see, how I really am. Yeah. And that, like I said, I mean, that, that was the heart of the story of the original movie, um, however flawed it may be. Um, and so that was the one moment in this movie where I'm like, now, see, that's how you try to connect the character. But then it just went horribly wrong from there. Yeah, I, I think my best line is um, Corey to Trace. Um, I heard you deserted that project just like you did us. So, yeah. I mean, that's right there in a nutshell, even though they got back together, which I think is bullshit. But that would be that would be my best line because I didn't like this movie much. <laughs> no. For, I mean, for, for yeah. my worst line, I it was a hard one for me because nothing really like made me angry in this movie. Yeah. If mm-hmm. I had to pick one, it would probably be when Corey says to Jennifer, what exactly is your job? <laughs> just because it never had a payoff. Because, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a question without a necessary answer. Fair enough. My worst line, when when they were giving the senator the tour of the facility, and at the end he was like, well, I don't know. It's, you know, it'd be a hard time trying to convince them to give you $2.8 billion or whatever it was, you know, whatever the figure was, because that, it makes them feel like we're putting too much control Ooh, in your lap. I wrote it down. And Walker's response was, my lap is your lap, senator. Yep. I wrote that down. Yes. And I'm like, what, <laughs> what the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> that, that, no, that, yes. oh God. Yes. Yeah. I wrote that down. Um, I think for me, watch your head. Those monitors will kill you. <laughs> okay. You know. There you go. Drinking game. Mine's pretty easy. I just wrote every time they say the word jacking. Oh my god! Seriously, <laughs> nice. yeah, that that, that would be because that one that term. one that one isn't like overly used, but no, when they not. use it, it's it's obvious, and it's yeah. said um, so awkwardly enough that we're, it kind of takes you out of the movie anyway. So it's like it okay, does. Well, yeah. Yeah. There you go. And uh, I I think 
every time they say Chiron chip. Yeah. Oh, there you yeah. go. Plus, yeah. it reminds me of Jonathan Colton. Every time they said Chiron, I was like, okay, uh, Jonathan Colton, Jonathan Colton every time. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but doesn't he have Chiron Prime or something? Doesn't he have a song? Yeah. Thank you. So, yeah. So that's that's why I, I got taken out every oh, time. Oh, okay. So, yeah. He's got a song. But every time they say Chiron, that's what I would do. I think those are good. So, what did they do right in this movie? Uh, I, yeah. I appreciated that they didn't abuse the CGI like they did in the first movie. Right. Because the, the first movie wasn't, and this movie definitely wasn't, ready for the level of CGI that they wanted to put in there. Oh, no, no, And the problem was that the first movie didn't really understand that as well as the second one did. So, again, not necessarily like a strength of the movie with like self-standing, but, right. you yeah. know... But yeah, don't yeah. Since the comparison had already been made from the first movie, don't make the same mistake. Yeah, it, it learned so, some I mean, lessons. Yeah, so it, it, in essence, it, it started looking like one of those full motion videos from old school PC games, where they would have like yeah. the screen would fr- or the game that you were playing would freeze, and then the the really grainy video of an actual actor would appear in front of it, yes. kind of thing. Right. That's sort of what it reminded me of. Yeah. Um, like yeah. the villains, like like Ashton's uh, computer from uh, Simon Says. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty yes. much. Um, um, I think there they had some strong women in this. There was also a female co-pilot in the plane that was crashed, so I thought that was cool. That's true. There were people of color, so there was some diversity in this movie, and yes. there were some strong women that weren't just around. I mean, the adult women were just around for sex and Corey had a brain which i appreciated and jennifer seemed to have some ulterior motive which i didn't mind um but jade i thought the young lady that Mm -hmm. was good i liked harvey quite a lot the dog yeah but that that's about it as far as i'm concerned yeah it is because i mean the the, like half the sound effects were stolen from other properties it's just terrible Uh, it didn't sound good it didn't look good it didn't sound good it It wasn't edited well i mean just from a movie making point of view it shouldn't have happened Absolutely. Ugh. It was gross. Yeah. It just uh, there's no reason why this movie needed to be made. None. Because even in trying to retcon the the ending of the first movie to make this one make sense as to why it's con- the story's continuing, still didn't make and sense. The first because they spent profit. five seconds trying to explain it and then just moved on. The first movie made a profit, but wasn't that big? No, it wasn't. It, like uh, it wasn't a huge. Okay, so that said, Zip, let's give this movie a grade. Oh, the flaming cinematic turd meter. The, yeah, this this was a painful experience. Um, and like I said, it, it just there there's no need for uh, for this movie to be made, especially after the disappointment of the first one. Uh, it's like you're not going to make anything better. Shitty future L.A. is <laughs> shitty. And but yeah, there's just there's so much ripped off from other movies. There's nothing original to the story at all. It, but this is it occurs to me that the quickening had a better futuristic city than this movie did. Oh god, why would you bring up that series? <laughs> um not definitely not the worst, but it completely unmemorable and I never really want to ever see it again. So, uh for this one I'm going for and that is it for this episode of It Came From The Bottom, brought to you by Head Games Entertainment, your ultimate source for digital series, podcasts, and more. Once again, I'm Jack. I'm Zip. I'm Adina. Next time. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Say it. It's the emoji movie.